AgriTalk is brought to you by Full Scale from Helena. Grow Strong returns this season with breakthrough foliar nutrition from Full Scale at Reproduction. And by Propane. Propane is the energy for everyone, especially farmers. Environmentally friendly propane can fuel most anything on the farm. See how at propane.com. That was a rough way to start the week for the grain markets. A little bit of rain triggered some long liquidation in corn and soybeans. Unwinding of product spreads in the soy complex added to the weight on bean prices. In the livestock markets, you know, it's impressive. Lean hog futures were able to hold on to most of last Friday's gains. Live from the listless days of trade before Christmas via Farm Journal broadcast, <laughs> this is AgriTalk. This morning, it's a conversation with Dwayne Bossy from Bold Marketing. Later, Kerry Artek from ArtekAdvisory.com. And right after the news, Jack Scofield from the Price Futures Group. I'm handsome newsman Davis Michelson, and now the host of AgriTalk, Chip Flory. All right, Davis. Thank you very much. How's it going? Glad. I'm, I'm doing great. <laughs> doing great. Glad to be back in here, man, for a oh, conversation so good to have you. Yeah. with Dwayne coming up here in just a, a few minutes. So, yeah, they're from the intro. All of a sudden, I was starting to think that maybe you had something new on your wish list for Christmas. I do. I do. Really? Yeah. We'll see how it goes. I'll tell you tomorrow okay. morning. Yeah. Okay. Well, You'll very know good. Immediately. I can't. I, <laughs> I can't wait for. I got the a update. dental thing going on, America. Terrible, horrible dental thing. It's a thing. <laughs> oh boy. Yeah, it's a get, thing. Get ready for another adventure with Davis Michelson right here yes. on AgriTalk because it may be an interesting ride. It will yeah. be. Guarantee. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Glad that you are with us. Um, that hog market, uh-huh. the Feb contract up like four bucks on yeah. on Friday, traded through Friday's high, sat back, did close slightly lower. But dang, the way that it held on to Friday's gains is really, really impressive in there. And then lots of movement, uh, continued movement in the meal oil spreads in the soy complex, just uh, creating all kinds of volatility in there. Okay, man, let's go ahead and get started. What you got in the news? Chip, export inspections of wheat in the weekend of December 15 totaled just over 304,000 metric tons. That was at the low end of trade expectations. The availability of wheat from the Black Sea continues to be a weight on the market, while uncertainty about U.S. winter wheat crop potential will likely limit enthusiasm to sell. March SRW wheat futures are tethered to the 750 level with support at the December 6 low of 723 and one half and resistance at last week's high of 769 and one quarter. March HRW wheat futures were a half penny lower 843 and a half. March SRW wheat slipped a nickel 748 and one half. March spring wheat closed at 908 and one quarter down one and one quarter cents chip. You know, and I'm I'm seeing a reluctancy on the part of the spring wheat market to give up too much, to trade below nine mm-hmm. bucks. Because if that market starts to trade below nine bucks, does it give up incentive to plant the crop this spring, handing more acres over to corn and, and probably soybeans? So spring wheat doesn't want to give it up too much, too bad yet. 
Export inspections of corn in the weekend of December 15 totaled more than 743,000 metric tons. That was at the high end of trade expectations. USDA this morning also reported the sale of 141,000 metric tons of corn for delivery to Mexico in the current marketing year. Weekend rains in southern Brazil and northwestern Argentina provided temporary relief. Temperatures are expected to turn hot again at least through the end of the week when another chance of rains move back into the forecast. March corn futures opened lower and near session lows and spent most of the session below the pivotal 650 level. March corn futures were five and three quarter cents lower, 647 and one quarter. May corn down five and a half, 648. July corn futures closed at 643, down five and one quarter cents, Chip. Good to see a little bit of demand coming in from Mexico. And, and you got to wonder what the importers in Mexico are thinking mm. with with the president uh, continuing to talk about banning biotech corn imports. They've probably looking to build up their, their inventories going into that. Well, South American rains attracted selling to bean futures at the start of overnight trade, forcing March beans to open below the pivotal 1475 level. March beans spiked 1475 before falling back to post a near session clo- uh, low close. USDA reported bean loadings in the weekend of December 15 totaled nearly 1.62 million metric tons. That was at the low end of trade expectations. USDA this morning also reported the sale of 132,000 metric Good. tons of beans for delivery to unknown destinations in the 22-23 marketing year. March beans were 20 and one quarter cents lower, 1463 and a half. May beans down 19 and three quarters, 1467 and one quarter. July soybeans closed at 1470 and one half, down 19 cents on the day. And March soybean meal closed below last week's low. That opens the potential for, uh, you know, to give back all of those early December gains probably get back into the 410 area closed at 44610 today so call it 35 40 dollars in downside risk in that march meal march cotton was 216 points higher today 8408 on the livestock side this morning's $1 gain in choice graded boxed beef prices helped live cattle futures hold on to modest gains february cattle 27 and 1 half cents higher 15605 April cattle were 22 and one half cents higher, 159.92 and a half. January feeders down 167 and one half, 182.10. And finally, lean hog futures did an impressive job of holding on to most of Friday's strong price gains. Feb hogs seven and one half cents lower, 85.70. April up 27 and a half, 93 bucks on the snout chip. All right, thank you very much. Let's bring in Jack Scoville, Price Futures Group. Jack, my friend, Merry Christmas to you. How are you today, buddy? I'm doing great. Merry Christmas and uh, happy holidays to you and everybody else. Yeah, beautiful, beautiful. Uh, Kind of a rough start to the week here. Yeah, it was. uh, Some forecasts, I guess, for some rains down in southern uh, Brazil, down into Argentina for later this week. uh, uh, Really kind of uh, hammered this market in the overnight and uh, we kind of held serve after that during the day today, but still at lower levels. And uh, beans losing the most means uh, probably South America had the most to do with it. Yeah. What? How much importance do we put on what happens this week, Jack? Well, I th- you know, it's, it's 
going to be important that uh, the rains do show up, especially in Argentina, okay. because we've been getting some um, reports about how far behind they've gotten on the planting and how the yields have been suffering. So they desperately need the rain, and so uh, any rain they get will be very will will be beneficial. But yeah. you know how much are they going to get if it's a half inch? After uh, all the dry, hot and dry weather they've had, I, I think they'll pretty much go be be a 24-hour thing. But if they get a sustained yeah. rain event, then you know things are going to change a little bit. Oh. Um, still a little early in the game to get super worried, but we're getting to that point. Well, you know it's that time of the year. We're we're talking about the middle of the the middle of our growing season. Really, is the equivalent time period. So. If they're going to get rain, they they need to get it now, right? Yeah, they do. And yeah. so that's why I said, you know, we're getting to that point now where it's really going to start making a difference. And um, yep. uh, yeah, so it's it's and it's the time when the market starts to focus on South America as well. Yep. So uh, with reasons. So it's going to become increasingly important. That's right. That's right. All right, man. We got the week off next week uh, on Monday. So or the day off on monday so we'll talk to you here and geez it, it'll be deep into 23 thanks jack yeah it'll be three weeks <laughs> so we'll have a good one to produce higher yields and greater value at harvest timing is everything full scale from helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction full scale delivers beneficial plant extracts and micronutrients with the added efficiency of enc formulation technology It gives your soybeans every opportunity to grow strong returns this season. Contact your local ag retailer or Helena representative to learn more about Full Scale. Always read and follow label instructions and check registration status before use. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. Knowledge is power. We're here to charge your batteries. Agritalk. Welcome back to Agritalk. I'm Chip Flory. Glad that you are with us this afternoon. Let's bring him in, Dwayne Bussey from Bolt Marketing up in Britain, South Dakota. Dwayne, it's good to talk with you again, man. How are you? Hey, you too. Yeah, no, doing really well. Um, still kind of digging out from our winter storm last week, but yeah. Uh, Little little chilly, but I guess you know it is the week of Christmas, so it's going to happen, right? Yeah, if it's going to happen, this is the time of the year. Uh, but man, what a snarling mess it could end up being here at the end of the week with all the travel plans and everything. So, but tell me about that last storm that you got. Just how much did you end up getting, and how tough was it on some of the cattle guys up there? It, yeah, it was plenty tough. Actually, I think on the cattle guys, it was the storm beforehand, which had more ice. And a lot of okay. cattle still out on corn stalks grazing. Well, a bunch of ice yeah. on that electric fence around the around a cornfield didn't work out really well. There was a lot of foot traffic and just tapping on the ice or the wire all the way around to get that off. But this one wasn't as bad from what I've heard, but it's not good, though. We had a half inch rain and then about 15 inches of snow. 
And then uh, about four, well, we had four days of the kids being home from school last week. So in church yesterday, I had two dads come up to me with very serious faces and said that kids need to go back to school tomorrow. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> I, I think there was plenty of extra help on the farm, but uh, <laughs> it was time to go back to school today. Oh, shoot. So is the ice safe? Oh, oh, for fishing, you mean, or uh, yeah. uh, for my footstep? Oh, uh, it, it, we had a good 10 inches beforehand. We were fishing pretty hard, but now we got this rain and snow on yeah. top of it. I haven't been back out. May, maybe after this interview, I might have to go try it. So I'll report back to you, let you know. There you go. That would be much appreciated. Send me a couple of pictures. <laughs> I like that. All right, man. Um, so here we are, the week be- before Christmas. And I'm just not willing to take what's happening in the markets too seriously this week. Is that kind of a cavalier approach to the markets or is it the right approach? No, I I think you're right. I mean, all you got to do is look at the volume today and and realize that, you know, it's not heavy trade on a pretty moderate down day. Um, So, no, I don't think you can, you have to take it that serious. The problem is, it still makes that down move on the chart. You know, we, yep. we had a wedge pattern going into this morning into corn and we broke that wedge pattern to the downside. So, you know, it, it's, even though it's like volume, it may snowball on us a little bit with just lack of buying interest from last week when we had solid export sales to this week, a little bit better weather for Argentina, breaking some chart resistance or support. Hey, we might see more sellers as the week go on and just kind of grind lower. So, but you know, come the first week in January, you may reverse it all back up too. Right. So you're right. I don't think you take it too serious, but uh, but eh. but for for markets that are struggling for reasons to for for traders to get onto the buy side right now, the chart damage, like you said, can start to snowball on you. I, exactly. That that's what I mean. I I think. Today's selling might be more follow through from the fact that we had lack of buying interest after Thursday's yep. really good weekly export sales report last week. You know, yeah. couldn't push beans up to that $15 resistance. So therefore, then the bears start to take control of this. And yeah, I, I, I'm pretty bullish in general, but it had me hedging a lot of grain this morning by just selling the board and thinking, you know, I just I, maybe I want to be hedged for the next two weeks. Okay, so explain that to us. How can you be generally bullish the grains? but recognize the need that you need to be hedged. Yeah, it sounds like I'm getting ready to be a politician is what it sounds, it sounds like both sides. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm bullish long-term because of the tight old stock situation and, and assuming that you know we have a weather scare next spring or summer and that probably spikes yeah. up the market. So I, I'm generally bullish that way, but that's the nice thing about these tools. So I, I farm as well. I got the bins full of the old crop out here. I only have just a little bit of soybean sold at this point in time. But by the click of a mouse and selling some futures markets, I'm able to get fairly hedged up today just by saying, just by clicking and selling the board. So I may have all my old crop left, but now I don't have much downside risk for the next gotcha. two weeks. Gotcha. Yeah, that's called risk management uh, and and uh, being very proactive in making sure that what what you've got available to you today isn't gone tomorrow in in a low volume market that if we would drop 40 cents in corn in three weeks you'd be kicking yourself about it if you didn't have the hedges on that's exactly right we talked about it in this office this morning about you know we're not really that bearish but we're just worried about what if we 
do nothing this week because I blame the light volume and the and the holiday trade, and it's easy to not do much risk management. But then we come back next week, and all of a sudden beans are sixty cents off the highs, and then I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to say, well, I can't sell now, you know, because I'm still a farmer. Right. I'm going to say I can't sell now. I got it's got to rebound back up. <laughs> then I promise I'll sell. And then all of a sudden another week of that, and I'm down a buck, and then going, man, now all of a sudden my bankers asked me why I didn't sell two weeks ago. So exactly. Yeah, it's, yeah, you just got to step in every once in a while to do some of this risk management, like you said. Yeah, yeah. Um, was it the rain in southern Brazil, northern Argentina that that triggered this selling? Yeah, I, I sure think it was. That was kind of the news I was reading yesterday afternoon and into the evening night session. And boy, the market started down right away. And of course, then, like I said, Chartwise makes a few gaps and looks a little worse. So we'll We'll see, you know, forecasts get changed quickly too. Um, a lot of the weather guys I'm talking to make it sound like, yes, they're going to get some rains, but by the end of the next two weeks, you're still looking at about 60 to 70% of Argentina being too dry. So there you go. We could come back in January. The funds come back after a two week holiday. They may look at this as a dip and a nice buying opportunity. And then we come racing back up too. So there, there you go. I'm playing politician again, aren't I? Yeah. No, you're taking everything into consideration on this is what it sounds like to me. And and it's it's that time of the year when we should be evaluating all the risks, whether they be downside or, or upside uh, uh, risks to the market. So, no, no, I don't feel that way at all. Um, okay. Now, it, when we look longer term and we've still got, as you, as you said, we may see some sort of a weather scare and and you 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 put the condition on that because of the tight stocks the tight supply of corn the tight supply of soybeans that we are expected to have on hand at the end of the 2022-23 marketing year why why can't you just say that that we might have a weather scare this spring why why the condition of the because of the tight stocks? Uh, right. Well, yeah, it's kind of like the last couple of years. Our, our stocks have been tight. And therefore, when they are tight like that, if you have a weather problem and a threat to that new crop, all of a sudden everyone freaks out just a little bit more than they would if yep. you were at, say, normal stocks and end users step in that much quicker. So the rally we might have on a small weather scare in the spring, say we're worried about not getting the increase in corn planted acres. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden then now we're out buying the old crop up really fast and the basis yep. goes positive. And it, it just, it's going to make for a more violent or volatile bullish move if we have that weather scare. And, and I know brokers aren't supposed to say, you know, you count on a weather scare, but honestly, over the last 20 years, we usually have a little weather scare. And with this market now and the L grows, small weather scares turn into big movements quickly. Yep. Okay. Now, excuse me for asking it this way, but you're 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 telling an important story and making an important point here, and I want to make sure that people understand it. If we've got a little bit of a weather scare on the 2023 crop, why does that why is that more bullish for the old crop than it is the new crop? Right. Because well, we never know how much we're going to have come in the fall of 2023. We already know that. 2022 supplies are tight, but they are available, right? Yep. And if you're an end user and there's a weather scare, say we're not getting the acres all planted in North Dakota because yep. it just yep. keeps snowing all winter, 
then all of a sudden you freak out and say, well, I just want more of that old crop supply so I can get further into the new marketing year. That That's why it's almost more bullish for the old crop than it is the new crop. Yep. Come after it and get it while you can. No question about it. That uh, That is the move. And, and that's why we talk about bull spreads. That's why we talk about the nearby contracts gaining on the deferred contracts and specifically gaining on the new crop contracts in a situation like that. Because the end users need it, and they they they, they know they're going to need it in the future, but dog on it, they need it worse right now. And it, yeah, that's, that's why you get exactly that right. Going. And these spreads have been a little confusing lately because when December corn went into delivery, actually we started bear spreading the heck out of it, which had me yep. scratch my head because the basis is telling me the crop isn't out there or it's just we're not getting out of farmers' hands that easy. But then the bear spreads really came through, looked like it was. Then they reversed again the other way. So it's it's still going to be a head scratcher. But I, I noticed up here in this area, something called free DP opened up yeah. a lot of bins and got the corn moving here at the beginning of December. Actually, halfway through November, they came out with free DP. Wow. Okay. I want to talk more about that free DP. What does it really mean uh, for us when we when we start moving grain on free DP. We'll talk about that more. We've got Dwayne Bussey. He is with Bolt Marketing up in Britain, South Dakota. We'll continue the conversation next right here on AgriTalk. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. To produce higher yields and greater value at harvest, timing is everything. Full Scale from Helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction. Full Scale delivers beneficial plant extracts and micronutrients with the added efficiency of ENC formulation technology. It gives your soybeans every opportunity to grow strong returns this season. Contact your local ag retailer or Helena representative to learn more about Full Scale. Always read and follow label instructions and check registration status before use. Time now for news of note from Pro Farmer. Needed rains fell on areas of southern Brazil over the weekend, but more will be needed to reverse the dry pattern. China has reported its first COVID-related deaths in weeks. According to reports, hospitals in Beijing are overwhelmed. EPA is expected to announce a new Waters of the U.S. regulation this week. Syria has this year sharply increased Russian wheat imports from the Black Sea Peninsula of Crimea. The Energy Department announced on Friday it had entered into an exchange agreement for oil from the Strategic Petroleum Reserve with ExxonMobil and Phillips 66 to, quote, address potential supply disruptions. The Kremlin said on Monday it is still considering what measures it will adopt in response to the West's price cap, uh, price cap on Russian oil exports. News of note taken from the pages of ProFarmer. Get more over tryprofarmer.com.
opinions expressed on AgriTalk do not necessarily reflect the views of Farm Journal Broadcasting, affiliate stations, or sponsors. The chickens have come home to roost. Find out whose fence they're perched on today on AgriTalk. <laughs> welcome, welcome back to AgriTalk. I'm Chip. Glad that you are with us. Uh, we are in the middle of a conversation with Dwayne Bossy from uh, Bolt Marketing. Before we get back to Dwayne Davis, go ahead and recap where the market's closed. Chip, March hard red winter wheat futures were a half penny lower at 843 and one half. March soft red wheat slipped a nickel to 748 and one half. March corn futures were five and three quarter cents lower, 647 and one quarter. July corn futures closed at 643, down five and one quarter cents. March soybeans were 20 and one quarter cents lower at 1463 and a half. July beans closed at 1470 and one half, down 19 cents today. March cotton was 216 points higher, 8408. On the livestock side, February cattle 27 and one half higher at 156.05. January feeders down a buck 67 and one half to 182.10. And February lean hog futures seven and one half cents lower today, 85.70. That's your quick market recap, Jeff Laurie. All right, thank you, Davis. Um, Dwayne, you know I understand it's still a couple of weeks away. I get that, but being up there on the on the South Dakota side of the North Dakota border, are the tensions starting to build a little bit up there in anticipation of the big game? <laughs> yeah, it was. Yeah, just a little bit, and and even in the Bolt office, we have. Uh, I'm an SDSU South Dakota State Jackrabbit graduate, but my yeah. business partner's an NDSU Bison. So, yeah, tensions are a little bit high. There's actually been a little bit of talk of uh, the heck with Frisco. Why don't we just meet in Britain, South Dakota? It's halfway between the two. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, Settle it there. <laughs> I, it's, it's been talked about. I think it's just because we're all cheap and we don't want to pay for uh, plane tickets down to Frisco. But, uh, it, yeah, that's going to be a great game. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. No, no doubt about it. I can't believe that you actually said bison. I, I thought well, maybe just to aggravate, you might go with bison. Well, I, I, I do for the most part. I thought, you know, I mean, I know I can't spell, but it's not a Z in there. It's an S. So I, but I thought I'd give them a bone there. But, you know, they're a little slower sometimes. So it's okay. Yep. yep. <laughs> All right. Well, you know what? Hey, here's the deal. Normally. Normally, I would be on your side, okay? I'd be rooting for the Jackrabbits. But here's the deal. A friend of mine has twin boys that play for NDSU, the Mustard Twins. Oh. Yeah. Oh, man. Okay. Yeah, Eli is on the defensive line, and uh, – oh, shoot, I shouldn't have said the name because now I'm – the. The other play boy's name is is escaping me, and he's injured right now and isn't going to be able to play. But uh, they've been playing; they they played quite a bit this year. So I, it's hard to root against a friend's kid, isn't it? Well, yeah, that's what you can tell him. But <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, oh, come on, they've had enough you. championships. We. We need one down here across the border, so uh, wow. you, you can let the rabbit shine within you. It's okay. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Yeah, and I I do know enough uh, bison fans 
<laughs> I, I don't mind rooting against NDSU and South Dakota State. So, all right, uh, it, man. Friendly rivalry. Yep. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, I've got kind of a rooting interest in this because I love watching the Panthers play down here. And, and man, good football. Good football all the way around. Okay. That, so, yeah. free DP. I've always said that if there was one tool in the marketing toolbox that I would just as soon lose, it's a deferred price contract. <laughs> and here you just said that when the free DP came around, what, back in November, that it started mm-hmm. to loosen up the grain and move some stuff around. Why? It did. Uh, well, free DP is, yeah, just that's, I don't know if it's actually free, but what it is, the elevator is saying, bring it on into us right now. We won't charge you storage anymore. You can keep it here till probably, you know, September 1st or something. I'm not, everyone's got a different date. Well, what that does is it does, it literally opens up the bin doors and farmers are thinking, well, I was going to haul it in anyway. Well, now I can haul it in. I won't get charged and I'll sell it later. Well, once they have it, though, what do you think they're going to do with the basis? You think they'll really improve it? No, of right. course not. Um, actually, when I saw that free DP come out that morning in November, I said some of the same words I said watching the Vikings yesterday, the first half anyway. That's why I had to go to church <laughs> twice yesterday. Because um, it, it's not good for market wide. The basis had been improving, improving, and then free DP. And yeah, it was just kind of the end of our improvement in basis. But it also does tell me, though, Chip, Wow, they had to use that tool, them being the elevators, this early in the year tells me that yep. a couple things. Farmers are really tight holders. And secondly, yep. maybe up here anyway, the crop isn't quite as large as we anticipated. So I, right. it's probably a mixture of the two, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. And in this case, you know, the DP, the deferred price, uh, is, is also works because it's DR, deferred revenue. I don't think anybody's really looking at adding too much more revenue for 2022 with a DP. You can defer the revenue, get rid of the physical risk and move it out uh, to in, in a, that DP contract. But you know, what people need to understand is once, once you've delivered that corn on a deferred price contract, it's not like it sits in the elevator. It makes its way through the market chain and starts to fill the demand that's in the marketplace. And that, yep. as, as you explained very well, it it takes the steam out of the basis. I don't I don't think there's any question. Yeah. Okay. I think there was some uh, rail cars coming in for soybeans in November okay. and December, and they didn't have enough beans after harvest, yeah. which is interesting up here. Um, our yeah. bean demand, as you know, is getting better and better. Now we're going to build crush plants in North Dakota over the next three years. Um, three separate crush plants. It'll take up about 3 million acres of North Dakota soybeans. If you just count North Dakota, they only planted 5.6 million this last year, Chip. That's a lot of new demand I've got coming our way the next three years. That's right. Those trains that were coming in headed to the PNW for delivery to China? I would assume so. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yep. Okay. Yeah. China's come in and been a pretty decent buyer. It. They did on the dip, and that was very good to see, being that long-term bull that I am. Yeah, they came in and bought the dip. You know, the market kind of showed that, and like you said, in some of those bull spreads then the next week, and then all of a sudden you get those announcements. And and even on the corn side, Chip, now our export demand stinks. I, I can't even make that look good. But what did happen on the dip 
We had funds, managed funds get out of a lot of positions two weeks ago, but the buyers during that week were the commercials buying the board. That's a good sign to me that, you know, maybe they can't get the grain out of the physical grain out of farmers' hands, but they were just going to buy the board to make sure they're along the board once it dipped below 650. Yeah. Now, let's see what happens again here as we dip below 650, but that's a that's a good sign too. Yeah. You know, the commercials or the end users doing that is no different than you sitting there with a grain full of, or with a bin full of, of 22 crop corn. And deciding, you know what, I probably need to do a little bit of hedging in here. That's exactly right. Yep. yep. Mine involves selling the board. Theirs involves yep. buying the board. Exact yep. same, but opposite direction. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Um, do you like the hogs in here? Uh, maybe this week, but other than that, no. And the reason I say this week is we got a hog and pig report coming out that's probably going to show about the yep. tightest herd in five years. So that's generally bullish but what i don't like chip is poor export demand out of china and i think their hog prices have dropped what like 25 percent in the last two yeah. weeks that's not a great sign and i know we're supposed to hold a premium in the february contracts versus cash but that cash market has been a, a struggle here lately so no i maybe a bump this week but I'm, I'm not a huge fan of that market i can talk bullish almost everything else except for the hogs yeah interesting yeah are are you concerned enough in that market? And I, I understand maybe don't make the move this week, but be looking to get some downside protection in place. I, I am concerned enough, especially when you look at those summer contracts, you know, the June, July's they're at a profitable price and I don't mind, you know, making money is kind of the name of the game. Maybe I'm yep. way off. Uh, maybe the recession isn't much and we go flying higher in the livestock and that'll bring hogs up too. But, uh, I'm just a little concerned there. You know, if okay. China was a bigger buyer chip, I'd be more excited yeah. about the hogs. Yep. Gotcha. Gotcha. All right. What about the cattle complex? What are you thinking there? I really like that market chip. Um, I, I think we needed to pull back in feeders here, especially the Jan board. The storm we had a couple, two weeks ago here really did maybe soften the cash market just a little bit. If you call 180 being softer. Yep. Uh, so maybe we just had to pull back, get back to where the cash market is. But I think, once we get cleared out here and get the holiday, I don't want to say out of the way, but when it comes to yeah. business, yeah, maybe get the holiday out of the way. I think you're going to see aggressive buyers there. and We could get that market up to the 190s and finally get the fats above 160. Yeah. You know, I think some variability in, in, in supplies at the sale barns for the calves, it, it's not mm -hmm. just up your way. It's, it's across Iowa, uh, down into Missouri. The numbers are there's there's not much consistency happening at the sale barns right now so some funky things are happening with the with the feeder cattle price at the sale barn so yep yeah. not scared of I, only got about 30 seconds are you scared of a recession you know I, i'm not that much I, I know there's a lot of talk about it um i've been kind of out on the limb saying i, I think there's so much cash still out there that we get through this recession better than anticipated no i am not a a genius when it comes to the stock market and that but it's just I, I don't think it's going to be bad and that's probably one of the main reasons why i'm so bullish this cattle market i mean we might go to all-time highs if the recession isn't much this year because what you mentioned right. just supplies are going to be tight right yeah yeah no doubt no doubt Dwayne, merry christmas my friend it's good to talk with you you too my friend yeah we'll have a good one out there and we'll talk to you guys in the new year all right sounds good Dwayne bussy bolt marketing up in britain south dakota Carrie Artak up next.
From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now, you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. To produce higher yields and greater value at harvest, timing is everything. Full Scale from Helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction. Full Scale delivers beneficial plant extracts and micronutrients with the added efficiency of ENC formulation technology. It gives your soybeans every opportunity to grow strong returns this season. Contact your local ag retailer or Helena representative to learn more about Full Scale. Always read and follow label instructions and check registration status before use. AgriTalk is brought to you by the Conservation at Work video series. Farmer to Farmer, the Conservation at Work video series features real stories, real successes, real quick. See what's possible at farmers.gov slash conservation. So, Davis, during the break there, yeah. I was starting to have second thoughts about something. Oh, what's Okay, that? let's do it. Let's go. Let's go this way. Okay. Go Jackrabbits. Go Bison. I uh-huh. just hope it's a great game. Yeah, let's hope everybody wins. Let's just give yes. everybody a trophy and call it a draw. Yes. Shall we do that? No. Huh? No. And also, I noticed you said bison, too. Sure. I'll throw it out there. Yeah? Okay. Yeah. You're so non-confrontational today. Well, I don't know about that, but... Yeah? Yeah. It's, uh... Hey, you know what? I'm just glad that it's... A great game in the making. It's going to happen. Do you need a hug? We should hug. No. Huh? I'll be just fine. Are you sure? I'll be just fine. Carrie Artak, Artak Advisory. How are you, Carrie? Merry Christmas, my friend. Hey, Merry Christmas to you. Thank you. All right. Um, Okay. Let's not waste any more time. Let's get right to uh, take a look at the charts. Get, Get us started with March corn. Yeah, March corn. Really an update here on a sell signal that is uh, really was elicited in early November. It was a three to five week sell signal. We are three to five weeks in it. And we've seen about, I don't know, 60%, 70% of the way down to our target. 669 even is our ceiling, uh, really into January trade. Uh, We closed 647 and a quarter. Holding below 669 even maintains uh, that sell signal. And I'm still saying three to five weeks. It could be sooner down to 603 and three quarter to 611 even uh, just uh, under an eight cent range of meaningful long term support that if tested uh, as anticipated over the next three to five weeks can contain selling through spring. Now, inversely, if the market perks up and closes above 669 even, and by the way, this is a number that is dropping every week. It's a well-defined channel top on the weekly chart. Uh, and so it it will be a little lower next week and the week after that. If we close above 669 even, we actually have a good low. I, I really think through the rest of winter, because I, I would anticipate then 698 even by the end of January. And over the following two to three months of closing back above 669 even, we could actually see 743 even and i think that would be the extreme the extent of it 743 even is a long-term channel top on the weekly chart that can contain buying through spring trade if tested once again it's not even worth discussing discussing rather unless we close above 669 even 
on to March wheat. Uh, I'd mentioned on your show a couple weeks ago, a long-term sell signal, which is still in effect below 759 half. That is our ceiling. We closed 748 half, 10 cents below today. There's been no, no aggressive downside follow through, but this can be a delayed reaction ultimately over the next three to five months as we move into spring. 574 half to 593 even remains the big picture target. On the way down, there's little levels on the way down. I could name them 693, 639, all of which can contain weekly, possibly monthly selling pressures. Now, upside, if we can close the week Friday back above 768, I just mentioned 759 half. That is a seven-year rising two-thirds speed line that actually contained the August lows. We rallied into September, October, and now we've closed below it. That is the sell signal. But if we close above 768 even, which is another dime or so above 759.5, then just the opposite. A rejection of a long-term sell signal is, in essence, a valid sign of longer-term strength. And I really think within a month or two of closing back above 768 even on Friday, we could see 836.5 within a couple of months. And overall, by spring, we might actually see 928 even if we close above 768 even at the end of the week. But until then, we are just below a long-term price ceiling that should result in continued uh, weakness as we move into a winter spring. And finally, April live cattle, we close 159.92. It's kind of a two-sided, fairly uh, priced market, in my opinion. We've got really good support below at 156.85 and uh, equally good resistance above at 161.60. Both of those can contain buying or selling through January trade. We We could tag either one of those points and rally to the other or fall back to the next 156.85, 161.60. If we close above 161.60 in the coming weeks, then we enter a meaningful buy signal that should play out over the following two to three months up to 163.50. And I think that would be the extent of the upside for the April contract uh, as we move into its expiration. And downside, if we were to close below 156.85 over the next two or three weeks, uh, then we enter a three to five week sell signal down to 152.80. And that is a pretty strong floor of long-term support for the April contract that can, I think, contain selling into April expiration. I think that that pretty much rounds it out, uh, Chip, for today's three. All right. Yeah. Not a wide range in that April cattle contract right there that you're talking about. So Yeah, we're in a consolidated framework. There's really no trending activity and volatility okay. has contracted just a bit. So it's really kind of a two-sided framework. You know, you buy 156.85, gotcha. you sell 161.60. It's kind of the way it's playing out right now. All right. Artac Advisory, A-R-T-A-C Advisory.com. Head over there. Kerry will get you started on a two-week free trial of his daily service. Carrie, again, thank man, you, thank you so much. We'll talk to you again. Uh, well, you too. Merry Christmas. Yeah, we'll figure we'll figure it out for Monday, one way or another. We'll there get you go. we'll get a report from you. Okay. Very good. Sounds great. Thank you. Excellent. Thanks, buddy. Yep. Bye bye. All right, uh, Davis National Weather Service six uh-huh. to ten day outlook. This six is for mm-hmm. December twenty fifth through the twenty ninth. We've got below normal temperatures expected. Uh, Minnesota, Iowa, eastern Kansas, and all points to the east. And we've got above normal temperatures expected western North North Dakota, western South Dakota, western Nebraska, Kansas, and all points to the west. Above normal precipitation is up in the northwest production areas, North Dakota, South Dakota, Minnesota in particular looking at chances for above normal precipitation. But get this, 
those above normal temperatures in the west continue to push to the east in the 8 to 14 day outlook which is for december 27th through january 2nd 2023 we've got above normal temperatures expected over the entire country wow i should say the lower 48 still looking at below normal up there in alaska Unfortunately, we're also looking at above normal precipitation across most of the country. So could be kind of an active weather pattern as we uh, get to the new year. All right. Thanks for listening today. Appreciate it. Tomorrow morning, Kentucky Secretary of Ag Ryan Quarles and Rob Fox from CoBank. Tomorrow afternoon, Brian Grady from ProFarm.